The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Welcome into the latest edition of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. In today's episode, Sam Kassan and I sat down with Penguins Associate Head Equipment Manager John Taglianetti for a wide-ranging conversation about his path to his current career, some great stories from years of working alongside Penguins players and coaches, and of course, equipment. Now, the last name should ring a bell in Pittsburgh. His dad, Peter, played 11 seasons in the NHL, five of which with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and was a part of the first two Stanley Cup championships in franchise history in 1991 and 92. His brother, Andrew, his twin, by the way, was a standout football player who suited up for the Pitt Panthers and even got an invite to Pittsburgh Steelers minicamp at the end of his college career. So, yeah. Sports play kind of a big role in the Taglianetti family, and John's carved out quite a spot for himself here in the Penguins organization. So now we'll allow him to tell his story. Without further ado, here's John Taglianetti, our guest in the latest episode of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. Tags, first of all, thanks for joining us. Second of all, congratulations on the promotion, the big title. Thank you. Uh, Seems like I've been here for a very long time, so... (laughs) It's not really still pretty young so but uh proud of it and excited so yeah you put in a lot of a lot of hours a lot of dirt work it was the 13th season for you now yeah 13 uh started out as a uh, game night guy back in in high school um the equipment manager at the time steve latin was good friends with my dad and reached out about getting some getting some help and me and my Two of my brothers kind of jumped on right then. So for games, we would go down after school and work all the home games. And just kind of fell in love with it from there. And you're one of 20, right? I mean, I feel like there's a million tech uh, in the family. Just one of five. Uh, there is a lot of us. Um, I got an older brother, Pat. Um, I have a twin brother, Andrew. And Andrew and Pat, when we first started, they were involved with it. And then um, there's a younger set of twins, Corey and Lewis. So... The twin thing kind of makes it seem like there's a lot more than there is. <laughs> but you guys all kind of did it and you hung around. What was it that made you really love this and make this want to be kind of your career endeavor? Um, well, I think I love being around the rink. Like you always, you kind of, we kind of grew up with my dad being around the rink. I, like when we were younger and my dad was playing, we would be there. And I remember Yarmir Yager chasing us around the rink. Like I remember little things like that. So you kind of just, he liked it, and then as soon as I started working, and, and you know, it was able to. My dad's stories that he would always tell would kind of click. Being around some of the guys that were there when we first started, so um, I don't know what kept me going on it, but it was just, you know, here I am. So, <laughs> especially those early '90s Penguins teams, I feel like they were they had a lot of stories, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the coolest thing about hockey too is like the stories, the camaraderie with all the older player, the alumni or whatever. Um, even like you know, being around the rank when I first started, it was like John Leclaire. Like that was like, holy <laughs> cow, this cool, is John yeah. Leclaire. Or, you know, <laughs> Rex was on that team, and um, but it was just even like Mario was still playing, like still yeah. involved. That that was Sid's first year, so now it's like 
everybody's this is huge like for the city and stuff like that so I think that kind of played into it as well I feel like a lot of times too with hockey players they talk about like when they retire and stuff the thing they miss most is that camaraderie in the dressing room and you get to live that every day I mean that has to be cool even with the current group just to kind of be able to see that that no one really sees otherwise unless you're in your role or a player or a coach on the team really yeah I think the like the locker room is kind of a, like a sacred place almost and yeah by that, I just mean, like, it's like where these guys can be themselves. You know, it's different from what anyone would ever see on TV, the things that go on, the things that are said. Um, it's not really like an office environment. You know, <laughs> like, guys are having fun. You know, I'm not sitting at a desk all day. You know, you never know what's going to come up. So, um, you know, just hearing the stories now and seeing how things have changed, though, for guys is pretty unique in itself. So you're basically babysitting 23 grown men. Like that's the attitude in the end. I don't know if you can say they're all grown men either. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what was it like growing up? You mentioned uh, seeing your dad and being around the locker room. Did you get the memories of him playing and things of that nature? And... Uh, I remember very few. Like we were pretty young. Um, I was born in 89 in Winnipeg. Um, and from there, my dad kind of moved around a bit. So the younger years, we don't really remember. Um, towards the end, um, I remember one time he was in a fight in the game. I remember like just being like, whoa, like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, not so much like the NHL stuff, but whenever he was with the Providence Bruins his last year, I, I remember going to all those games and being in the locker room there. Um, but, the, I mean, the, I remember bits and pieces of being around the room um, even skating. I remember a couple of times before practice, we'd be out on the ice skating while the guys were kind of skating in circles and stuff like that. And, um, but very lucky to be in that position. Not many people get to do that stuff. And, you know, my dad worked hard. And I mean, I'll be the first one to say the only reason I'm here is because of, you know, the hard work my dad put in and to get there. So, um, you know, everyone's path is different, um, but he definitely was a big reason why I'm still here. And I assume you picked up the game at a young age as well. Because we did, it, yeah. Know. I mean, we always had hockey sticks, uh, roller hockey, stuff like that. And um, You know, we grew up in Pittsburgh for the most part. We moved around, but we kind of settled in in Pittsburgh. And I think hockey, you know, because, of, like, all of our friends would play. But I think, you know, again, my dad had a big influence on that, why, guy, why all of our friends were playing hockey and what why we were playing hockey and uh, at the time it wasn't such a big uh, hockey market that it is now for yeah, the really youth grown. hockey yeah. like I you know I've been able to see how much has changed you know with our new building and yeah right the practice rink I mean and stuff like that but um, you know when we were growing up it was like the isoplex was that was the main <laughs> thing you know like the old South Point yeah, yeah South Point that was the, the big thing so um, but we kind of played every sport growing up so um, kind of fell away from hockey for a little bit. Yeah, so you gravitated towards football. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it about football that uh, attracted you? I think it was uh, that just, I mean, popular, I mean, hockey, football, sorry, was so big in Western PA. Like, yeah. everyone was playing. High school football was a big thing. So everyone we went to school with kind of was all playing football. So a lot of your friends were playing football, and it just kind of, like, you wanted to be around your friends and, you know, we were not bad at it growing <laughs> up, so it was kind of, we just kept playing football, and uh, um, 
you know, my dad also knew growing up that if we were going to stick to hockey, you know, there's probably we probably have to move or, you know, you probably have to give up all those extra all those other sports, right? To to uh, pursue hockey. You know, he grew up in Boston, so he'd always talk about how there was a a rink on every in every town, you know, and Pittsburgh didn't have that, so he kind of was looking ahead and you know left it on us to decide, you know. You get time, you know, high school, maybe time for you to figure out what you want to do. And football became the avenue we went. And then you go to Pitt, and you're on the team there. I know there was a little bit of a process to start playing there, but what was that like? I mean, do you still follow them? Or you yeah, we, yeah, for sure, yeah. follow them. Yeah. Um, you know, when I got there, it was uh, I was working for the team, so um, for the for the Penguins. So the trainers and stuff, I kind of had an idea of what how hard they work and stuff like that so we still keep in touch with them a lot but other than that a lot of those people that were there have changed so mm-hmm. but we still keep look still look at it and watch it um i probably only went there because of andrew <laughs> not gonna lie but they wanted him and maybe just had to take me too so yeah how are we gonna do it yeah <laughs> yeah. Deal. yeah i was there but it was it was cool it was fun um i learned a lot um you know, just about, you know, I got to see what it would take to be a professional athlete, you know, yeah. being with the team, with the Penguins, but being there, you just saw, it's a total different uh, world, you know, football to hockey and stuff like that, but a lot of neat experiences, um, got to stay close to home and, um, you know, really enjoyed every moment of it. And then when you did start working with the Penguins, obviously 2005, you had Sidney Crosby come in. As you said, John LeClaire, Mark Recchi, all these guys. What was it like actually being in that environment? I don't want to say full-time, but spending a lot of time there. Um, eye-opening, I would say. it was. I remember showing up to a to training camp and was with my dad and my brother. And I, had, I think it was Ryan Vandenbush you know, was out there and... He got in a fight, and I can't remember who he fought, but I remember being like... In training camp. In training camp, like, looking at my dad, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, like, aren't they on the same team? Was, oh, yeah, yeah, but you got to, yeah, yeah, you, you know, that's what you got to do. <laughs> so that was like, I remember, that was like my first real, like, wow, like, these guys are nuts. But, you know, seeing, you know, Sid... For the first, you hear because we heard about him for years beforehand. Like it seemed like that's all they might have a chance to come here. And even when they won the 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 draft lottery, uh, to to get him, like it just ramped up. So then you finally meet him, and he was just it was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, like this is this is the this is Mario almost (laughs) in a way. Yeah, I mean, because up until then you never really heard about penguins for probably ten. 10 years or something like that it was just kind of like right now it's back so that was that was pretty unique it and must did, have been a, oh sorry, sorry. Say, didn't Vandenbush give you a nice little shin tap too there uh you and Andrew yeah he's <laughs> he was fun all those guys were fun and the uh you know I wish people got to see these players personalities though you know and the things that they would do like you know like little shin tap, you walking by, and they know what they're doing. Like they know it hurts, <laughs> but it it makes it fun, you know. And I think that's something very unique that people don't really get to see. Um, you know, Ryan Vandenbush gets in a fight and then comes off and thinks to, you know, tap you or you know whatever. It's like 
<laughs> something's not right there. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that first training camp, and you talk about like how the ten years or so leading up to it, it was kind of a lull with the Penguins as far as their success. But that has to have been cool too to come into the fold as the excitement was starting to build again. I mean, you had the established guys in there, the guys that were going to the Hall of Fame, but with Sid coming, and obviously then Gino joins not too long after that, you have that excitement kind of going upward for the Penguins. Big time. Like, yeah. That was, I mean, um, people were jealous of what we were, you know, us working there. Like, wow, <laughs> like that's pretty neat. And I, it, it was, a lot of times for us, like we would be around the room and never really, you don't really look at these guys any different growing up around it, but you know that time it was like, wow, like we've, this is going to be pretty fun to be a part of. So, yeah, um, you know maybe, I don't think I didn't. I mean I don't I don't think I thought it was going to happen as quick as it did. Um, you know, beating Detroit and stuff like that, but it was definitely fun to be be around and see it all, you know, build and and turn into something awesome. And there was a. Pretty good cast of characters there. I mean, characters clearly with like Mark Andre Fleury and Max Talbot and Colby Armstrong. It's like and, I, so it's not just a young group. It's I like, sit there and watch the spit or listen to spit and yeah, chicklets yeah. all the time. Yeah, and Ryan Whitney. They, they tell them these stories, <laughs> and as soon like I'll be listening. As soon as they say something, I think of something else and just start laughing or like an extra part of the story they're telling. Like those guys were so much fun. Ar Colby Armstrong. And, <laughs> Um, I forgot Whitney and, was was yeah. awesome. This Whitney, like Brian Whitney, like people see his personality now, but he was one of the funniest people I've ever <laughs> was ever around. And then you know Ryan Malone was another guy. They just they would always have a good time, and I think that was cool to see as well. They were like really good pals off the ice ice too. So, um, but and, yeah, the stories that they the things that I got to see <laughs> that's all true. each other like oh, it was so funny. Are there any stories you can share? <laughs> There's a couple I wish I could, but I probably can't. I understand that you said the locker room sacred, so yeah, sometimes yeah. I stay in the locker room. Um, Flower, was, Flower was always the best prankster, and he was always fun. I think, I don't, I think people saw it, but one of the funnier things they did was they poured the popcorn in Mike Kadar, the strength oh, yeah, coach's yeah. car, because <laughs> um, he like had him work out or something, and they didn't think so. He got like this brand new, I think it was like a red Envoy or something like that. And it was probably some kind of Hummer. Or yeah, something. They, <laughs> they got the keys, and at Mellon they would have these bags that were just like they were monster bags of popcorn, and they would they took like eight of them, ran outside and opened the sunroof and were just standing <laughs> on the roof of the car dropping it. And that was one of the funnier ones I've ever seen. Wish we'd had uh, Kadar's reaction, the old strength coach. Wish yeah, we'd had his reaction was, when he walked he out was a and character saw that. Too. He was, that guy was something, but um, Flower was always looking to get someone or something. You know, I think he just, he, he never had a bad day kind of puts it in perspective like he I mean he was all like you hear how good of a guy he was but he was every day it had a smile on his face every day was you know walk in hey how are you doing like what'd you do last night and you know but so like he makes it fun to come to the rank oh he makes yeah. it so he made it so much fun you never knew what he was going to do or, <laughs> um you know even whenever he changed took all the uh Furniture out of the hotel. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, for twenty-four-seven. Benny Lovejoy. That was like he commits to. I was gonna say he gets a prank in his head. That's impressive. He gets a prank in his head. You know, like the other night, he just when they were in, he went out to Sid's house and and hung up 
Halloween decorations while we were <laughs> playing. Really? Like that's like he's still just he he's like a giant kid. You know? But yeah, hopefully he never changes. No, I don't think he ever will. That's for sure. Well, without naming names, then what are some of the best pranks you've seen? Unless you want to name names, but <laughs> what are some of the best pranks you've seen uh, in your years around? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, we know the popcorn one. One. Uh, yeah. So there was. I won't say a name, but so there was a uh, uh, right around Christmas time. Usually, like we'll play a game, and then they get four days off in between. And there was a guy that was going to fly home right after the game. So he had like a 11:30 flight or something like that to go home. Like 11:30 so, p.m. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so after the game, he was going to go to the airport, get on a plane, and go home. And he had all his suitcases and stuff, and. He, um, the guy, he was a young guy at the time, and so um, I'll say that Ryan Whitney came up to me and said, um, he, he said, you gotta find his his stuff. We know he brought all of his suitcase, you gotta find his stuff. So the game was about to start, and they're like, did you find his stuff? I said, no, uh, I can't find it. And so I don't know what made me look, but I walked into, one of the offices at the arena and I saw the bags and I saw a suit I saw everything I said guy I said guys it's <laughs> it's over there and they just took off running and they come back and they're stuffing pucks in his bag <laughs> so he would weigh the bag it would cost more like <laughs> you know they're like filling in everything they sewed uh gave tape bubble gum they, they sewed his uh his car keys in his suit pants <laughs> so if you look in the pocket you can just sew yeah. it shut and put everything in there uh, it was that was a good one just because it was like everyone wants to get home for the holidays type of thing but, yeah uh, i saw another guy um he took a hammer and a nail and hammered the guy's shoe to his chain stall so he went right <laughs> through the shoe and hammered it down into the yeah, that was. <laughs> that's, that's a really good. That's one. a risk. Like for me, I'm like, that, like you're gonna ruin his shoes. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Four hundred dollars shoes. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that was that was another good one. Yeah, I, I, well, I've been able to witness a few where they hang the clothes from the rafters. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I was somehow brought looped into that one. Um, yeah, I mean that was flower again. That was like he. Um, I remember the first one being Simone Dupre. Yeah, I remember that um, one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like his first call up or whatever, and Flower comes running in the equipment room, and he has a, just an armful of clothes in his arms, and he's like, "We need to hang this from the ceiling." <laughs> so I'm thinking like, like great, just like the roof, just looking up, and he's like, "No, no, no, above the ice." <laughs> I'm like, so. He's like, I need hangers, and he, he, like, I got him some hangers. He dressed it all up. He rode on it, and he was like, "Let's go." So I'm like, "Flower, I gotta find, you know, we gotta find someone to do. That. I can't just go up there and do it." He goes, "He goes, let's go." So we're running down, see one of the the um, Zamboni guys, and I'm like, "Hey, can you take us upstairs? We want to lower this over the ice for practice." And you go up to the catwalk and it's high up there oh, yeah. and yeah. they just have a rope and they're like we tie it up and drop it over and flowers got to be on the ice in like 
15 minutes. So we're all the way up high, and we got to run all the way back down. And I can just imagine yeah. he's sprinting. Just yeah, he's, yeah, that was a good one. People like that one. Oh, yeah. And the same kind of thing happened with uh, Schultz, too, right? When he when he had his first practice, I remember his gear was hanging from the rafters, too. Yeah, there's, he fly, that became Flowers' yeah. like, go-to. Yeah. It was just harmless and... Um, I did make sure that the guy's phone and stuff was not in. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, need that to happen. But I'm just waiting for the guys to do a line rush and have these pair of pants just like float yeah. down. Like yeah. they got unhooked, just like float down yeah. to the ice. Somebody skates yeah, over them. someone get hurt and oh, fall. And then there we go. But. Remember they did that the pray. I forget where we were on the road somewhere. I think it was Anaheim where all the guys came out in their suits and he had just like this t-shirt on. Yeah. And we were like in shorts. I'm like, where's your suit? He's like, I don't know. Somebody stole it. He <laughs> <laughs> just accepted yeah, it. Yeah, he's just like, it is what it is. The small things they do to like the young guys, I think, sister, it cracks me up. Like, I, I think it's awesome. Um, it's so harmless. Yeah, it but, breaks you know, in, right? It's yeah. just, it's funny. It makes you feel part of the team, too. I feel if you're a young guy and Marc-Andre Fleury has been around for yeah. a decade, he's pranking you. Flower, he, he once uh, he taught me this trick to um, you take the uh, top off a toilet off the back, oh, you I take the top one, yeah. off, you pull the hose out um, that fills the top up yeah. and you, you put the lid back on, but you set it facing out. So when you flush it, it just shoots out. <laughs> And he was just getting guys like crazy. So the funny <laughs> part is, on, right? the, I, he got so many guys with it. He's showing me. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So he, he sets it up and he flushes the toilet. And it's like shooting out pretty hard. But it's even better whenever you take the lid off because of the hose goes straight Shooting up. <laughs> it's shooting straight up in the air. <laughs> it's such a funny prank. That is a good yeah, one. Yeah, they did it at the went. They were watching something in Perron's room and he yeah. went to the bathroom and they just like left. Yeah. Just like peaced out. They should have known yeah. something was up there. Oh, it's so funny. Like, that guy, I don't know how, where he comes up with this stuff, but that was a good prank. I used that for a while, guys. Did anybody ever get flower back? Um, I feel like he, no, he's got so think, many people. Everyone's. Afraid. I don't think guys would because yeah. he'll take it so far. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he's he no just boundaries. won't stop. <laughs> um, I remember they got James, he got James Neal was doing the NHL 36, so the cameras were falling around for like 36 hours or whatever, and they uh, um, so Flower comes running in and he has a armful of, of water, just regular you know Dasani water bottles and. He goes, he has like eight of them. And he's like, Tags, during the game, can you drill a hole and run the uh, run the uh, skate lace through the bottles? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, I gotta get, I'm got to going to get Kneeler after the game. So, you know, the next like 20 minutes, I'm sitting there drilling holes in these water bottles and running the line through. This is your job, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm getting paid, paid for. Holes yeah. in water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... After the game, like he gets undressed fast, like he's out of his gear. He's like, "Where is it?" So he goes, "He goes, all right, meet me. Go the long way and meet me out at the the parking garage." So I was like, "Okay." So he goes, kind of walking out, pretending like nothing's wrong, and I'm carrying like a bag full of water bottles with a string tied to him. <laughs> and we go out there, and he crawls under Neiler's car, and he's like on his back like a mechanic, and he's just tying the tying the skate lace to something. I, he, he probably didn't even know what he was tying it to, but he's tying it. And he goes and tells the camera guys, you want to watch him leave? And it was just like, they they showed it where he would back, he backed up and he kind of like stuffed him underneath so he couldn't see. 
And then Neeler starts pulling away, and all the bottles are just falling, <laughs> trailing behind him. And then they show Neeler trying to, like, in his suit, trying to trying get under there. It. And, like, and the, yeah, I mean, that was just, I don't know how he would think of that. Yeah, like, right. It was, Love that, too, because Neeler's Mr. Cool, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was funny. Imagine him in the suit trying to untangle that. Yeah, that was good. I love that he was probably thinking about it the whole game, too, Flower. Like, he yeah, said, he, he gets right he, off the ice, yeah. and he's, like, immediately after. Yeah, he's, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how he, I don't know how he thinks about that kind of stuff. But I mean, all those stories that you'd see them do to each other is always fun to be a part of. Kind of laugh about it, and you know, think if guys ever really knew I was involved in some of them, they'd probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably my stuff would be missing. Oh, I'm sure. No one did. So hey, you're just the messenger, man. Yeah, just you know, do whatever these guys need is kind of the way it works. So. What are some of your favorite memories then during your time with the team? I know these pranks like come to mind, but. Obviously, um, I actually, nine. I heard a rumor that in, in 08, when Detroit won the cup, you got the drink out of it. Is that true? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was well, you never know. Like, yeah. you, you never know. And, you know, my dad won two of them. So you kind of like, I mean, it's pretty cool. And so we were working at that time, me and Andrew were working the visiting room for Detroit and they won. Um, and... Chris Chelios was on the team, and this guy was like, there was a few guys that I think, you know, before I get into that story, like thinking of Chris Chelios, but there was some guys when every time they would come in, they knew your name on other teams, you know, they might come in once a time, and like yeah. Billy Guerin was that way, Keith Kachuk was that way, every time they come in, tags, how you doing, tags, what's oh, up, cool. you know, and kind of makes it, it's really cool to see. Um, That's why I feel like Bill Guerin's the King mayor of every he town knows, we go yeah, to. He we knows walk everyone. Into, and he yeah. would know, walk in every rank, and it's every janitor. And he know he would know every everyone. mechanic. It was it was it's unbelievable. It was pretty like he knows um, their backstories, asking about their wives. And yeah, like, Man, he, I can't he would remember. know, and you know, like that made that so much fun. You know, Chris Chelios was the same way. You know, he just and part of it was you know they knew who my dad was and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. um, I doubt they really knew my first name, but everyone <laughs> everyone knows Tag. So that I mean they made it, easy, but it was they did it, and that made it fun. Jelly was the same way, and after they won, we were kind of cleaning up and they're partying in the room, and we were kind of just sitting there, waiting for them to leave. So I had to go to high, I had to go to high school the next day, um, and we're covered in like champagne and like you know whatever, and. Chelios had the, had it, and he said, ta he's like, hey, Tags, come here. And he's holding it, and he's like, here. So we got the drink out of it, and you know, I don't know if that was good. It worked out, <laughs> but, yeah. like, I mean, that was, it was it's, cool. It's, it's it was a good point, was, though. You never know. Yeah, it, it was really true. cool to see. It was really cool to see, and, you know, the fact that they even were, like, you know, thought that about us was pretty cool as well. I mean, luckily for you, it became a four- you think it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, yeah. it becomes a fourth-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, right. and then the next year, um, I mean, next year... But the next got, year, were you working with the Penguins, or you working with the Visitors? I was with the still? Penguins still. I, um, I wasn't full-time, still, you know, in school and college and stuff. Um, but uh, I was out there and, you know, got, to, got a picture of holding the cup over my head. You know, that, was, awesome. that was pretty cool to see. <laughs> um, uh, you know... Uh, that was that was neat and then I say, it has to feel different when you're i mean obviously you're just kind of in the room for the detroit one but for the, the penguin one you're there with them pretty much every step of the way I yeah mean, you see them from was, training camp yeah 
through a coaching change, you sort yeah. of turn it around and have this historic Not run. Not to mention the, the year before, to watch him lose yeah, in yeah. the final. I mean, when we lost, I still remember, like, Ryan Malone, like, because it was pretty known that it was going to be his last year, and he just, like, him sitting in his in his locker for, like, hours after the game. Like, so you saw, you got to see what it was like right. for one group, Both but sides. see how, you know, how important it was to the team that lost, you know. Yeah. And then the next year to end up back there again and and win, like it was, it was neat to see it all unfold. Yeah, for sure. So what are, what other memories stand out um, uh, besides? Obviously, we know the the cups are obviously big. The Winter Classic in Buffalo that was yeah. that was pretty neat. The first outdoor game. Um, yeah, because you probably you had no idea you were kind of the, the test dummy on a lot of these things. I feel the Penguins are yeah, the first was, outdoor game. And to see how it's evolved, I mean, now we've done four, probably, I think five. We uh, did two yeah. at home, three at yeah. the road, right? Yeah, so yeah, we've done five to see how it's evolved and stuff like that. Um, but the first one was pretty neat to um, be a part of, um, uh, you know, getting a, you know, becoming full-time, um, traveling and stuff like that. It was probably, I don't even, I think this is my seventh year now, so... Um, right after college, started working full time, and, and so that was that was pretty neat when Ray Shiro kind of offered me that. And, um, was that kind of the direction you wanted to go? I mean, you, college grad. I mean, there's a million different things you could want. The thing do. that, to be honest, it was uh, playing football. I was I got hurt. I blew my back out, and um, so all my buddies were still playing football, and I was just kind of like, you know, sitting at home. You know, so I kind of approached the Penguins like, hey, I want to, I don't need to get paid, but I want to be around. You know, it was, you go from one locker room to the next yeah. almost. So <laughs> right. it kind of just was like, you know, just have something to do while my buddies were all practice or games or something like that. And, you know, from there, it just, I just haven't stopped. I always tried to learn something. Um, you know, Dana would always, you know, I'd always learn how to do things or, you know, um, Did Dan right kind of take you under his wing a little bit? Yeah, he showed me a lot and showed, you know, even just to learn how to sew. Like, that was the first kind of time I ever learned how to sew. Um, and I learned and just started, you know, repairing, like, the socks. You know, I just kind of started doing it, and, you know, learn how to sharpen skates, you know, learn how to fix, you know, equipment, and, you know, and it just... I was just kind of just kept going with it and going with it and um, you know felt started to fall in love with you know especially like we talked about being around the room like that was you know being you know I, I can't even describe it but it's just you know going there versus going to sit at a desk I, <laughs> I don't like I don't think now I'd be able to go sit at a desk you know oh, yeah. so yeah. Um, but yeah it just kind of I just took off and Still here, so he must be doing something right. <laughs> it's interesting because I was talking to Brian Rust, who you know injured himself blocking a shot with his glove, and he was asked if he would do anything differently, and he said, "I don't, I wouldn't be here if I played any differently. I just have to have more protection." He said he was working with the equipment staff on having more protection. I mean, how many, uh, I guess, adjustments do you have to make for these guys? And you know, are some guys more needy than others, and things of that nature? Obviously, you're working. I, I know you're talking to. For example, talking to Hornquist a lot today about skates and stuff like that. Like you're always getting feedback and stuff from these. Yeah, guys. I think you know, in a way, it's like you know, we can only 
you know, t talk to these guys. Um, our job is to, you know, make sure they can go out and play, but it's also, it's turned even more so to like protecting them. Um, shot blockers, um, extra padding and stuff like that. Like you see, um, they're starting to, like the head, the helmets are a big thing now. Mm -hmm. um, but the small things that go on, um, a guy breaks his finger, you know, figuring out a way to keep him playing that, you know, that the doctors are okay with. Um, you know, that's kind of turned into a bigger process now. Um, you know, Brian Russ, you know, blocks a shot and he blocks shots all the time. So kind of, you know, the, our staff, we like look at them like, why don't you do something? Like this is <laughs> like, it's your, like, that's all you, you're trying to block shots, but you're not protecting yourself in a way. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, try and say, well, we can do this if you don't like this, you know, if this pad might work, this pad or, um, you know, anything that these guys can want, we got to just figure out a way to do it and yeah. make it so that's all right for them. You know, Brian might be different than Brandon Tanev in a way to protect something or the way they block a shot as well. You know, like Tom Kunak was a big one. That guy would just eat pucks all the time. <laughs> all, and, the time. all the time, yeah. You know, finally it was just like, buddy, we got to figure this out. Like, <laughs> you know, like there, we can protect, it's still going to hurt, but like we yeah. can protect you a little bit better. Right. And once you kind of like talk to them a little bit, then they want to do it. So, um, but that's a fun, I, that's what I love. I love being able to figure something out, you know, guy yeah. has something wrong, you know, uh, Dr. Vias will come and say, you know, we need to protect this for this guy. And it's like, all right, how are we going to do that? <laughs> and you figure out a way to do it. Um, you know, learn different ways from other teams on the way they would do something. You know, I think even like the camaraderie around the league with the equipment managers, um, it's like people never really know about um, the friendships that you have, but they, we learn from all, we learn from each other and that's the cool thing. So, um, you know, um, figuring out a certain pad that might work better or company can customize this, you know, it's just, it's word of mouth almost. So, um, every day it's something different. And we talked about that with Dana a little bit, how, for example, when there's a trade that goes down, you guys, the equipment teams work with each other to kind of get the equipment together. And yeah. you're, you're probably calling them up saying, Hey, does he like this stick? Does he like this, you know, blade cut, whatever yep. it might be. And, yeah. and you have those, those kinds of friendships and bonds in that small circle of equipment managers. Well, it just happened today with good Branson, yeah. um, you know, him going to Anaheim. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we're team, like the equipment guys are talking before the players, and the deal's done, you know. We know about it, and he's going to Anaheim to play. They're on, find out they're on a road trip, so they need, you know, pants, they need gloves for him, you know, jersey for him. So they're, you know, it's kind of like we got to figure this out right away. Today being Friday, tomorrow's <laughs> going to be tough. So, um, yeah, it's, it's different. Um, everyone, you know, we're all here to help each other out at the end, you know. Uh, we've traded with Anaheim a few times, so yeah, we it's kind of you know what's going on. Um, coordinate like we had to coordinate, you know, it's new sticks. We've been on a, you know, five days, we've been gone, so right, make sure that Gutty has what he needs to go there and play, you know, trying to help these guys make sure they, they don't miss a step. So, 
Yeah, it's, uh, this was an easy one compared to Bukestad and McCann last year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sure. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, we all saw this, the video of the two of them running into the building. But, I mean, yeah. when they got in the room, you guys had to have everything ready to rock for I them. remember it was like it was like 1030, you know, it was like, or it was probably late. It was probably like 11 a.m. Yeah, because it was after the skate. It was skate. after morning skate, yeah. and they, um, they came in and said we made a trade. And uh, um, I think it was Brassard and Sheehan. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Florida and Bukestad McCann, and initially I was kind of like, "Well, they were not playing tonight, so yeah, well, that'll be fine. We'll yeah, get we'll them tomorrow." They <laughs> said, "No, they're playing tonight." I'm like, "All right, now we <laughs> now we got problems." So, um, Teddy Richards is the equipment guy in Florida, and you know, immediately we called him and got all their also a former Penguin. Yeah, yeah, he was guy, here so. for a few years. Yeah. Um, we called him and. You know, got the sizes, style of pants, style of gloves, you know, it was the big one, helmet. And then um, I remember that day because it was snowing really bad. And so we take, I took our jersey, you know, we grabbed the jersey off the shelf to go take it over to Pro Knitwear um, in Brentwood and get them to put the jersey on and or the name and number on it. And it's basically like, all right, you guys have to have this done today and we need this in a few hours. And you know, something we could do, but they're just, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they're able to do that. So, um, worst comes to worst, it's some duct tape. And <laughs> yeah, so then it was just like, well, now we just got to wait for these two guys to show up. You know, they're going to be here at 5.30. No, <laughs> 6 o'clock, still not here. 6.30, still not here. Warm up, 6.50, <laughs> it's like they're running in, trying to get them, like, uh, I remember Bukestad still had a Florida Panther shirt on because we just didn't know yeah, what, yeah. what he wanted. Like, yeah. So he played the game with Florida Panther t-shirt <laughs> on underneath and whatever. But that was that was a big one for sure. Going back yeah. to a little bit of working with guys, obviously over the years you have to gain players' trust. You know, yeah. how, how do you think you've kind of built those relationships with the guys and gained that trust where, you know, if you're like, hey, let's try this different glove and try this different skate and maybe we can protect you this way. You know, how do you kind of go about that? I think it's... I think it just you know being around for so long. I think it's kind of, um, in a way, like you know they. It's something that they need to. It needs to come from them in a way. You know you can't push these guys to do something, but you know in a way they they are almost trained to rely on you for that kind of stuff. So in their mind, it's like the equipment guy will know what to do. Um, but everyone's di like everyone is different, so you do have in you do need to give input. Um, like, um, but it's, I I mean I don't know. I think I'm I start I'm still pretty young, so I think I yeah. can relate to guys uh, differently than you know other guys can. Um, but I think the biggest thing you just got to be honest with them. Like, no, this what you want me to do isn't going to work, you know, in a way I, I'm not afraid to tell them that. And I think they respect that too. You know, they might not always be happy, but as long as you're honest with them, you know, they kind of respect the fact that you are being honest with them. Um, but we've also been lucky to have such like good, good guys that it's, you never really have, you hear horror stories sometimes yeah. about other teams, you know, yeah. you know, like, there's been guys that would change a glove after every shift, you know, and it's oh, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, kind of like, hey, I don't know if that's really good matters, <laughs> yeah, but, right. you know, whatever. I think that would hurt but, you more you than help you. Yeah. yeah, we've been very lucky. Um, some guys are finicky with their gear. Other guys, you know, they don't care at all. 
Um, you ever have any equipment malfunctions? Maybe mid game or anything like that where you've had some uh, horror stories? We've had a few. I the I don't know. I mean, nothing extreme. Had a few, you know, a couple of skates break or something like that. Yeah, typical steel stuff. fallout. Yeah. But, um, nothing that that really jumps in my mind. It's kind of smaller things yeah. in, in the in between periods that you know get you all fired up and stuff. <laughs> I actually had a microphone fall off once that I put on. Was that Steve Sullivan's? Uh, no, uh, I don't even know who it was, but I remember just seeing like the battery pack dangling as yeah, the guy I skated was, down the yeah. ice, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I think it was <laughs> Steve know? Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I was talking to that with the in the room guys, and uh, it was the Penguins were on a power play, and turned it over, and it was a three on one coming back, and he was skating back and dangling. He grabbed it and just ripped it and threw yeah. it to the side. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like. <laughs> Yeah, that's you hate to see that one. You know? <laughs> so you're the guy in charge of that, though the the rigging yeah, of the kinda, mic. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> so all the fans have you to thank for the mics. Yeah, they get to hear. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Or <laughs> in the room, guys, just pick the worst days to put mics on people. That's what they do best. Yeah, no, it's um, we love them. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know how that came to be. That I just it's kind of changed every year now. We finally we got these little pouches that we put on everyone's shoulder pads to make it easy to put them in. Dude, that's how you adjust. It hasn't fall. Nothing's fallen out. Like <laughs> on wood. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Well, you said you got a lot of friends that play hockey. Are they bugging you for equipment? I'm sure they're bugging you for tickets and stuff. You know, it's like people. By the way, I need a goal, I need a goalie stick. Yeah, if you people. Have <laughs> the things that people think that they. That, uh, I mean, I can't even describe how many people are like, "Hey, you think." Um, what would it take to get Sid's jersey? And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't work like, like are that. Are you serious? Like, can I have your house? Like, <laughs> like, I don't get it. You know, like, uh, or, you know, tickets is a big one. But yeah, hockey equipment's a, like, do you have any uh, extra pairs of skates lying around? And it's like, uh, no, I can't say that I do. Um, sticks, a lot of people want sticks. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with any job, you probably get the same question. Oh, yeah, I'm so sure. Yeah. Mine just happened to be the same thing over <laughs> and over again. Cool. Uh, and, and just finally, when we'll uh, leave with this, I was we talked about all the players you've dealt with. And who are some of the, I guess, maybe your favorite players that you've worked with over the years and, and some of the guys that have made an impression on you in your 13 years doing this? Um, well, right off the bat, Flurry for sure. I mean, he was he – was, one of a kind. Um, you know, Paul Martin and James Neal were two guys that you know I was pretty close with. They pretty still fun. talk to a lot. Um, you know, sent texts. You know, how are you doing? You know, stuff like that. James Neal is having a hell of a season right now. Yeah, about time that guy. Did <laughs> um, you know, Brooks Orpik was another guy that always kind of stayed in touch. Was always very nice to me, family, and. Um, you know, even when he went to Washington, still kept in touch with him a ton. Um, um, you know, I would also, you know, Sid, even though you know, watching that guy day to day is is pretty cool. Like, he's one of the most grounded people you'll ever meet. Um, you know, he's a friend, too. Like, he he's just a 
you hear everyone will tell stories about you know how good of a guy he is, but like people really don't know how good of a guy he is. Yeah, it's hard to really get that across. I feel sometimes and how he like looks out for everybody on the team. You know, young guys. You know, any train, all the trainers. He's always you know always looking out for us, and um, so he's definitely someone that. And just to see how he's changed, like you know how he. Yeah, you were there when he was eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> see just how like good he is too. Um, you know, it's neat to, you know, we're always keeping his equipment fighting, you know, so dealing with him a lot on that. And, yeah. you know, he brought up the trust thing. Like he does trust all of us on things that we know we need to do and that. So, um, that's pretty neat. But, um, yeah, those guys are pop right on my head for sure. Uh, we just saw Ryan Malone the other day in Minnesota. Yeah, he was, Minnesota. he was always, he was a treat. That, <laughs> um, but you hear wit talk, you know, like, I mean, it's so cool to see that how, you know, those times you never really thought about the stories until they start telling them and see, you know, them all stay in touch. It's very lucky to be in this position. That's for sure. I don't take it for granted. Um, who knows what's next, but it's definitely something that uh, I wouldn't give up. Well, we appreciate you taking the time and talking with us. Thanks, Tags. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. Thanks, Thanks. to everyone out there for uh, tuning in. The Scoop Podcast will be back with another episode when we turn the calendar over into November. A couple coming at you in that month. But in the meantime, I do want to thank John Taglianetti, the Associate Head Equipment Manager for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Also want to thank Sam Kassan and everyone out there for listening here today. I am Josh Getzoff, and this has been the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG.